0: In this episode, Ryan and I discussed two contrasting cases about how to purchase a policy. We had fun doing it, went into a lot of detailed information that will benefit you. Thank you for listening, hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Banker with Life Podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. And here we are in a beautiful, bright, sunny Saturday morning after Snowmageddon of a week yeah, or so ago.
1: finally some livable weather. My friends in New York were like, shut up, it's, that's nothing. you know. Always snowing up there. And I'm like, yeah, can you go to a restaurant, though? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is your governor killing
0: 30,000 people in one fell swoop yeah. or more? Or, yeah, yeah, listen, my, my New York clients, they were checking on us, thank you. And all over the country, they were checking on us. Like, all okay. Yeah. Um, they understand that we're in the South and we're not supposed to have zero or two below temperatures. Unless you're in the panhandle, then it's, they're more used to it than we are. Anyway. So it's a beautiful day here. I mean, we went from two below to 70 degrees in 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So as usual, you know, I'm unprepared. I don't want to say unprepared, but I didn't come with a big list. Of, I think
1: you do want to say it because you say it like every
0: time. I, I'm just. <laughs> I am I'm, 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 i didn't spend 30 minutes, you know, jotting out what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to find out what we're talking about as you, the listener, finds out because Mr. Griggs. Um, and there's no disparagement. I think it's cool. I mean, you, you show up and have something to talk about. Ad-lib, off the cuff, unscheduled is all good. And well, things get... happen
1: throughout the week. You know, you have conversations and it's like one conversation can open up all these different Avenues that need to be explored that nobody else talks about.
0: I um, agree. I think this is a great formula. One guy doesn't have a list; the other guy does. It's okay. It is okay. Yeah, it I, is okay.
1: I'll carry the show. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so let me set the yeah, yeah. Con- a little story time. Right, uh, real life current client experience. Uh, of course, we don't say any names or anything like that. But uh, give a little background here. So we've got a young man, I say young man, he's in his early 40s, right, successful, working in his profession, wife, two young kids, uh, out of Florida, I think I said that, out of Florida. No um, mask. Right, and so last year, so here we are 2021, last year, 2020, late last year, he gets his first uh, IBC style Contract right, so like to... the
0: fourth quarter of last year, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So yep. we're still in the first quarter of twenty twenty one.
1: So super recent, yeah. very recent, yep. less than six months ago. Uh, so he finds somebody who talks about IBC, right, and a local person and we're asked this a lot too you know do you do business in this state or that state and the answer is yes all 50 states right you don't have to have someone local if you want someone local fine but you know maybe compare the value of that to the value of other potential things
0: listen we can all get into the 21st century you know with digital social media and digital technology yeah i mean we all i have clients you have clients that we've never met and you know and speaking of that The clients that we have in the office or that we've had in the office, the clients that I've had in the office over the last year, these have been clients that I've had for a long time and they are local. Mm -hmm. Um, And my point is the amount of people that want to actually sit down face to face has diminished greatly. Yeah. So the idea that you have to have, it's not like the dentist where you've got to drive 30 minutes every time you see them or have a procedure done. Right.
1: We're working on your mind, not your body. Yeah, I I do everything over email, phone, and video call. And and security emails and
0: and things that are secure. I mean, look at the the fund, where you have your money, I'm not talking about your brick and mortar bank, you know, your qualified retirement plan or your investment program. I mean, how often do you go and sit down with those people? And are they local? And I understand there are local investment advisors around the country, and most of them are worth driving right past.
1: Anyway, okay, so. So he, get, he, find, he gets his first policy. Um, substantial premium. You know, he's, he's doing well. And substantial premium. Uh, then in January, had some extra cash. Actually, a lot of extra cash, but some extra cash around and wanted to start policies on his kids. He started policies on his kids and when those were put in force, he discovered that there was a, a type of term, rider, on those kid's policies
0: matter. that?
1: no I know and I know but that's what he thought okay. at the time and so it was there was miscommunication about the structure of those contracts uh, And between
0: him and his advisor
1: between him and the agent yeah okay. and so that was off putting meanwhile in the background since you know last quarter of 2020 until about the present he's been doing other research so he's been on YouTube and then he eventually found well, us right found the podcast so then he goes to my website fills out the little get in touch form and we have a call where i'm learning all of this information uh and turns out that the contract is from one of the big four right one of the big to be unnamed major companies right one of the big Um,
0: four and i don't know for the life of me why they leave out and it's the only time the other big company new york the fifth one, mm-hmm. I don't know why they well they leave them out because they don't write for them. See, they're big New York top company, but they don't mention them in the big four. And it's like, why are you doing that? Why yep. why aren't you mentioning them? Okay.
1: Anyway, so has, so he sends over. So know, he's par- looking at a
0: six percent dividend and four percent guaranteed on the on the one buys the the death benefit, the base premium buys the death benefit, the PUA buys the cash kind of a deal.
1: Well, no, not in this particular case. I mean, this particular case, the so there's what we see a lot especially on YouTube now is the financial entertainers who talk about squeezing the base down to nothing, right, 10 or 20% of the overall total premium. Yeah. In this case, that that wasn't what happened. In this case, there was actually a substantial base, more than you might normally find. And so that's fine, you know, it was like, you know, on the one hand, that's, that's good, you've got a, a solid foundation, and the end of this is like, you know, ultimately he'll be able to fund that contract, although... In, as imperfect as the design was, he'll be able to fund that contract through its stated duration and things will be fine. You know, they'll have more cash. It's just a matter of could it have been better? And that's what I want to get into a little bit here. And then we'll talk some about a, a certain feature of this big four contract having to do with the PUA that nobody ever talks about. And so, uh, <laughs> so the, the, the first thing is like, oh my gosh, this, you know, I've been hard on annually renewable term and blended PUA term writers in the past. And I think the perception is, and people who read Nelson's book, there are no term writers in Nelson's book. And so people
0: who. There are no term products. Right. Including right. I mean, right. There's, Nelson did not use or buy a term.
1: Yep. And so when people, they, they have that background with Nelson and then they've see a lot of criticism from us, from me on on this Program and on my medium blog And I think some can get the impression That all term writers are bad Or that there's no place for a term writer uh, And I want to be careful To distinguish that no there, While a term writer is not Necessary for the purposes Of the infinite banking concept For a dividend paying whole life Policy where the majority of the total premium Is going to the PUA It's not necessary It can have some added benefits Now I like a certain kind of term writer I like a level term rider so one where the premium is fixed for the duration of the term that way we permanent well permanent that way we transfer the risk of future change in mortality costs to the entity to the insurance company for the stated duration of the product right so that there's not a Con- like as with annually renewable term, whenever there's a renewal, that, uh, if there's any change in the financial experience of the company, the company has the right to shift the risk of for that future cost change back to the individual, resulting in the the client, the policy owner, being responsible for a potential change in the premium for the term associated with that term writer
0: You know, you you may <coughs> speak of one, and I know we've talked about blended PUA's in the past, but those are not those episodes are not necessarily in detail on the blended, We're, we didn't cover everything in the universe about blended PUAs, right? So, well, it's important because different companies have different types of blended PUAs. Sure. And fundamentally, you know, you're exactly right, the cost of the death benefit is gonna continually go up in turn because you're alive and you're getting one day closer to mortality. And then when you have a blended PUA where the dividend purchases the term, the blended part of the term, I mean, just think this through for a moment, right? And and you don't have to be a life insurance expert and you don't have to rely on these esoteric presentations and illustrations. If the cost of the death benefit goes up, if your mortality cost or expense goes up, and it does... Just by the mere fact that you're alive from one year to the next, and then if that is purchased in all in whole or part by a non guaranteed dividend, I mean just, just think this through. The cost of the term has to go up, and if the dividend goes down, I mean what do you think is going to happen there?
1: Yeah, the individual will be responsible for making up the difference. Yeah,
0: he's either going they're either going to have to pay more premium or the meck limit's going to go down. In, you're going to cause a mech into the future yeah i mean
1: and by the way that this little nugget here is going to come up in my second story that i want to tell later but it's oh the, yeah well the, part we're going it. to come back to it for sure but um <laughs> anyway so the, the point being with this particular client out in florida there was no term at all on the contract which okay fine uh consequently though the number of years during th- through which this individual could pay a high PUA premium was smaller right what if you don't have term uh, particularly of the level kind of the appropriate duration then you're not going to be able to pay a high PUA for as long as you otherwise could and so for this indiv- you know successful mind you early 40s mm-hmm. and with this particular structure could only pay that high PUA for 10 years I'm like okay if nothing changes it right and I'm like You know, so just assume that the what's on the illustration sticks, which it won't. But you know, conservative assumption, you're going to hit early fifties in a profession you're already successful in, in the middle of your peak income generating years, and your ability to pay premium in this particular policy is going to go down fairly dramatically. And he's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, you know." So
0: that applies across the board to this individual, and good for him that he's successful he's in the he's not in the midst in the middle of his peak earning years you know i mean nelson graduated at 88 and i'm excited about the future upcoming 88th episode but that applies to all of us yeah right i mean just because he's 40 does not mean he's in the middle i mean he could he could be on the very front side and probably is on his earning potential
1: i mean in year 11 Right when he's oh
0: he's going to be forty in year eleven no 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 no. oh in his early forties now
1: he'll be in his early fifties when the ability to pay a
0: PUA drops off a cliff okay yeah then he'll be in the peak I got it sure yeah Yeah. absolutely and And he'll be he should need he will need other places to put money he's going to have more capital that policy is probably not big enough and then. I get it. So,
1: yeah, no. for his particular financial... After having reviewed his financial... The policy was under... It's not... It wasn't big enough, which is fine. I don't know the circumstances... Yeah. You know, particular to that conversation when they put that product in force, but <clears throat> just from my background with how I normally address pre It just was too small for his... And the facts have kind of borne that out because now he's wanting to start another one, right? Which, good. You know, it, it's the appropriate time for expansion. All right, so point... some key points there. No term on it. Is term necessary? No. Can it be helpful? Yes. Can it be overdone and manipulated so that the, to, in order to contort the structure and facilitate the sales process to show a high early cash value early on? Absolutely. Yes. And that's what happens more often than not, but there can be a place for a term. So don't think that just because you have term on a contract or you're being presented with a product that has term on it, that it necessarily shouldn't uh it might be that the case but it, it it depends upon the type of term writer that's being used and and what the stated purpose of it if there is a stated purpose of it uh what that is and why um anyway in this in this individual's case there wasn't any and so it resulted in a, a, a unnecessarily abbreviated number of years over which he can pay this high PUA that he's more than capable of paying um okay so next fun wrinkle this the individual had some extra funds around wanted to make a, a PUA premium payment into the contract right he had already paid PUA yeah wanted to pay some more
0: got the contract in force building a warehouse of wealth this is the place to put my money yeah one Calls the, up what do you, of, you call the agent or the insurance company
1: called the company yeah said I'm thinking I want to make this additional thousand dollars it was thousand dollar and they said payment.
0: man you're the smartest guy on the planet of course send us a check
1: But just know (laughs) that it'll cause the policy to mech in the 20th year. Oh. Right? Early 40s, 20 years later, we're in the early 60s now, right? Successful individual. Policy will mech if you make this PUA premium payment in that year, out in the future. Uh, Client says, okay. Uh, Client then calls the agent's office, says, hey, the life insurance company told me that if I make this $1,000 PUA premium payment, it's going to mech my policy. Okay, so pause there. The contract, ne- then, necessarily, must have been built to accept that premium payment, which would trigger a future mech. Okay? And my point here is that it doesn't have to be that way. right? We can design a product in such a way so that the contractual maximum is underneath that mech limit so that if an individual tried to pay what would be an excessive PUA premium that would cause a mech in the future that the contract is, is built so that it wouldn't allow it. right? Okay so that wasn't in place which okay that's what it was. <coughs> so they, they, the client asked the agent's office um, you know so what should I do? Buy another policy. The agent tells them go ahead and make the PUA premium payment. We'll fix it later. We'll make an adjustment down the line.
0: Yeah. Which can be done, sure can be done. It can yeah, be done. yeah. I wonder if the guy—I don't know how the agent is, but will he be here in twenty years? And I don't know that the agent. That has was to exactly
1: be here. what I said to the to the client. I'm it like, yeah, like, <laughs> like almost exact. Like, who, who is he going to be around in twenty years? We're going to know to make that. You're going to remember to make that adjustment in twenty years. Right? It's like, why do we even need to do that? Why would we need to plant the seed for a future error only to go have to reverse it down the road?
0: Look, the, uh, the more you manipulate typically structured life insurance, the more you wait to the PUA, the premium, the more you wait the premium dollars to the paid-up additions rider, in whatever form or variation, you're causing unknown future consequences. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I say unknown, the future is unknown. Um, you're causing things to happen in the future, which is a potential mech among one, it's one thing. The forced lowering of a premium is another. Burning up your insurability early is another. There's lots of things wrong with these machinations. And I'm not saying that that was right or wrong. I'm just saying the more you contort these policies away from, um. Putting as much premium to the PUA without any kind of a rider, return rider. So, the more you move away from that, the more these riders that you use, the more issues you're subject to cause in the future. So, um, and I say that to, because it's true. And then, if you have an agent that um, you know understands the company that they're writing for. And the products that that company has that the agent is using, um, the better off you'll be. Yeah, is my point. An educated consumer and an educated agent. And uh, you mentioned the word research earlier. The guy continued to research. I'd like to go a little bit deeper into the research that he did on YouTube, because it's I've had called people, banking with life. Well, that's the best research yeah. you can do past Nelson's <laughs> two books, in my opinion. Thank you. Um, I've had people say, well, James, you know, I've been educated in the last couple of months. And then they go off on all of these machinations, everything that's wrong in the world of infinite banking on the noise. And and I mean, I just shake my head. I'm like, my heart goes out to you. That's not education at all. Anyway.
1: All right. So here's the next part to this. So... Clients who come into my process who have other products in force, if they want, I'll review what they have to check for fatal flaws and just to make sure that what's in place is sound and everything's clear about how funding is going to go into the future. And, you know, just, so we have it, we're we on a solid foundation. I don't want my, The idea being I don't want anything you have to blow up in your face even if you didn't get it from me kind of deal. All right, so he's like, after having some of this discussion, he's like, absolutely, I would like to read. So he sends along the particular illustration, which I, which is only in specific circumstances, right? Don't send me illustrations. I don't like illustrations. There's all sorts of problems with them, which I'm about to get into. But in this case, it was appropriate because he is entering the process and it was appropriate to do an uh, uh, enforced policy review. Okay, for this particular contract, for this particular company, for their their version of the PUA... There, were, there are two kinds of PUA premium payments. There are scheduled ones and unscheduled ones. In this instance, the scheduled ones were to be paid along when the base premium were paid. In, in this case, it was annually. So policy goes force: day one, client writes a check for both the base and for the PUA, and the PUA that he pays there is scheduled. Now in this particular case, the entire PUA that was set to be paid into this contract mm-hmm. was scheduled. Right, so the entire, you know, you could have some PUA. Here's the total
0: premium base, PUA, whatever riders, and the PUA is, he's going to get an annual premium due notice yep. with the entire PUA, you know, as a percentage of total premium. Correct. Whatever. Yep. So, okay. So now, if I'm going to pay, and, and I don't know the guy's numbers, and I don't want to know, but so if I'm going to pay 20000 a year or $10,000 a year in total premium and part of that is PUA, that's illustrated, that's scheduled, and I'm going to get a premium due notice for the entire premium, and a large percentage or portion of that is going to be a paid-up additions rider.
1: Yeah. Now, here's some interesting Caveat. intricacies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, And I'm reading from now from the illustration. This is a quote. The frequency of scheduled payments must be the same mode as the base policy, meaning, okay. th- meaning that the, that cool. scheduled PUA premium payment had to be paid along with the base and term. Now that, well, there was no term, along with the base. That is not that's true across all companies, right? So when we talk about choosing a company to work with and why to choose one or the other, a, a lot of the criteria, a lot of important criteria can fall around the flexibility, the terms and conditions associated with the PUA rider, right? Some companies will allow PUA premium payment on a scheduled basis that is of a different mode than would the base. payment. So if be. I'm
0: paying an annual premium, that's the mode, uh, the, the modal premium, I'm either gonna pay monthly, semi-annually, quarterly or annually, that's the mode. So what you're saying is I could have, a, in this case, an annual premium mode.
1: Yeah, Right. where you pay the base annually.
0: And the PUA, maybe it's scheduled and maybe it's not, but if I pay an annual premium and there's base and PUA, what you're saying <clears throat> there are other companies that I could even put unscheduled using that terminology PUA premium payments can be made in addition to that throughout the year
1: no no I'm saying that a, you could have the premium mode for the base be one uh-huh. Say yes. annual. Okay. And you can also set up a scheduled PUA premium payment that is of a different mode. Okay. Say monthly. Right?
0: And well, what I said in fact so is true possible. too. And both of those right. things are true um, with companies. Yep. And it just adds to the flexibility and to the cur- control of the owner because the future is unknown, cash flows are uncertain. And so the more control and flexibility you have, the better off. You are going to be.
1: Yep, and I'm and I'm getting to this uh, to the unscheduled part because what you said, you're right. What you said is correct. All right, for the unscheduled option for the PUA for this particular company, it says an unscheduled payment is a rider payment that is not anticipated to be a regular event and is subject to satisfactory evidence of insurability. What? Yeah.
0: Oh wait, is that bold <laughs> in the illustration? It's nope. It's just there. Oh well, there are other companies out there that have disclosures like that that are in bold in the illustration, and <clears throat> quite often, you know, however it comes up, whether clients, prospective clients, send in illustrations or, or uh, you have the unpleasant trained response so the consumer is trained by the insurance industry to go to the local agent or advisor and then have them compete against each other kind of like a Hunger Games thing (laughs) so let me get an illustration from you and I'm going to show it to my best friend or whoever has a life insurance license or can spell IBC or BYOB and then have them create an illustration and then I got three or four illustrations and I'm going to go back to you and say this illustration is better and not a one of them not a single one of them knows what's going on, in my experience, behind the scenes, because if they do know, they're not doing that, right? Right? Okay, and so, I'm asking if it's in bold, and that's just the illustration, it's not a contract, but the disclosure is right there in the illustration. There are other companies out there that bold that kind of Mm -hmm. verbiage, and I don't know how many times I've asked the uh, prospective client, I'm like, you can read, can't you? You can read in bold print, right? read the bold print and tell me what that says, layman. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be an attorney. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to, you know, be able to read legalese to understand what that company is saying. Well, and I think some. Because it's quite clear. Yeah, well, the significance, just in case it's not,
1: the significance is that the company's saying that in order to make unscheduled payments, which in this case, none that there's not a lot of space for unscheduled payments but in order to make them had he chosen to do so evidence of insurability is required which means you got to go through underwriting could
0: be required means you got company reserves the right
1: yep company reserves the right to require additional underwriting which means you don't have the right to make that PUA premium payment you have the right to request to make that PUA premium, pay- and it's up to the company to determine.
0: Ask them, honey, under- will you take my money,
1: please? <laughs> to determine from according to their underwriting sta- standards whether to accept it or not, mm. right? And the point is, what's significant about <clears throat> that is that it doesn't have to be that way. There are other contracts from other companies where, if built properly, the individual does have the authority, the right to make an unscheduled PUA premium payment for you know within the appropriate window.
0: But Ryan. They're a big four company, right? They're, They've yeah, been around big over a hundred years. <laughs> they have the, one of the highest dividends that they um, illustrate.
1: They also have one of the higher
0: PUA expense charges. <laughs> <clears throat> Nobody talks about that either, right? When you talk about the company that has a fourteen percent PUA expense in the first year, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah. What? Okay, well, you know, all of that is disclosed. And as soon as you, the consumer, sign that delivery document, when you take delivery of the contract, and it is a contract, and it's an Einbahnstrasse, um, it's a unilateral con- one-way street, right? You have very limited I don't want to say...
1: It is you're, what it is, you know. It
0: is what it is. you You're not going to change that contract. There are very few things that you can change and maneuver in that contract. You can change ownership. You can change beneficiaries. You can maybe move premium due dates around here and there. Um, you know, so there are some uh, rights that you have. But going back, and I've said it from day one, if you've been listening to me, it comes out of my mouth. You, the owner, need to know the difference between your contractual rights and your contractual obligations. And this speaks to exactly one of the things that I mean when I say that. This is not the only example, but. That's a hell
1: of one. <laughs> huh? It's a hell of an example. It though. is a hell of an yeah. example.
0: And then, you know, my encouragement, I've encouraged agents for the last humpteen years. It's like, you should know your company and you should know your product. Well, I mean, you're in the life insurance business, you're a life insurance agent, so you should know your product.
1: I think for whatever... Okay, so two things. That was one of the questions the client asked. Like, can we fix this? Like, can we go back and change a lot of this? And it was exactly the, what you said. It's like, nope. I mean, once the structure's in place, it's in place. However, there is a happy ending here.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's not I mean, the end of the world, necessarily.
1: The, the good news is that we're becoming aware of what we didn't know. Ooh. And then given that new examined territory, right? We now know the landscape... Uh, like Nelson said, if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. Now that we just, now that we know what's going on in the contract, we can. He has the ability. He has the. Now we'll have the proper degree of competence to navigate this, right? Yeah. But, sure. And to your point about agents knowing their company, I, for whatever reason, I don't know the reason, but it doesn't seem to me that th- this. This level of depth of analysis of the structure of a contract and the rights and obligations embedded within it, it doesn't seem to me that that's even on the radar for a lot of – it's – does the company have a PUA rider? Is it a part – is it a dividend-paying whole-life product? it's like to is the company a mutual company it's like okay i mean all of that's important but here we are at you know very we're two so. inches deep and you know we're like surface level analysis no here question, to get to really dive down and optimize i mean all we're trying to do is make it the best that it can be given
0: what's available yeah and, well, and, and we don't people don't get that deep no no they don't typically in in you know in the industry i You know, and I've said many times, I've dang near made it famous. If you don't understand the details, or if you don't understand the concept, the details don't matter. And if you understand the concept, the details don't matter. But these are details that matter. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, and I've had pushback that's like, well, you know, you can get lost in the weeds if you're going into all this and it's, you know, spending too much time on the the how, and then you lose the why, which I agree with all of that at a certain level. But if I'm going to put... A substantial amount of my capital Mm -hmm. anywhere. I don't care uh, real estate, a business, whatever it is. I want to know what that asset is. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how to manage it and control it and nurture it and take care of it and love it and make it grow. Right. You know, and I don't want to be dependent upon an agent or a company. So uh, I'll, I'll endure the pushback.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just don't care. Like, I remember my audience, my I, my clients care, right? Yeah. They're like, they want to know why this and not that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I care as much as our clients care. If you don't care, I don't care. Right. You know, so. Well, I'm going to get to one of them in a minute. Oh, well, right.
1: well, hey. So, <laughs> okay. There's one more layer to this. No, I'm okay. going to add another layer. All right. For the, you know, we talked some about the, characteristics or the conditions, the terms associated with PUA riders for contracts at various companies. One of the categories to consider for a PUA rider is the degree of flexibility. How much can I vary the PUA premium from one year to the next should I want or need to? Okay. So in this particular illustration, there's a disclosure regarding the flexibility in the scheduled PUA premium. So how much can I vary that scheduled PUA premium from one year to the next? Okay. So now I'm quoting. Quote, the scheduled payment can be increased by up to 10% per year without evidence of insurability and subject to certain conditions. In particular, the insured must be less than the attained age of 65. (laughs) The increase must be after the completion of three policy years. And three, total increases obtained without evidence of insurability cannot exceed 100% of the scheduled payment in effect at the time of issue.
0: The scheduled total payment or the scheduled annual payment? Does it just uh, say
1: scheduled in payment in effect at the time of issue? So what the scheduled payment was day one. Okay. Right.
0: <laughs> all right. So look, if I, all sorts of I mean layers upon layers of restrictions. Yeah. If I'm going to pay a hundred thousand dollars a year and I'm just getting to a round number of PUA premium that's scheduled, right? And and I have that you know scheduled for ten years or whatever. Does that mean that I can only put a hundred thousand in because that was what was scheduled in the modal premium? Or does that mean I can put a million dollars? the cap at a million dollars?
1: A hundred thousand. Yeah, it's a per fair year. question, right? For the first three yeah. years, no oh, increases. Oh, wait. And here we have a forty-year-old
0: young individual who's productive, successful, and you've just set in place a an entity that you own and control that is self-limiting by design. Mm. Perfect. Well, who gets paid on the next policy, <laughs> right? Just buy one more, and and you know there are solutions to that. I agree that it's not the end of the world, Um, but if you know better, you should do better. Okay, keep going, Mister Griggs. I'm I'm intrigued. (laughs) It makes me want to look at all the illustrations and read the details of the PUA. So I'm going to call a couple agents and get some more illustrations. And
1: I'm just and you know another thing here, you can see the the mech limit is right on top of what the. Maximum allowable is, which led to the problem we discussed earlier. But
0: well, let me say you know, a couple of things, all things here. Sorts of
1: all sorts of layers and layers of restrictions. You know what's scheduled, what's unscheduled. Uh, not and, to which is all fine. You know if this was the only dividend-paying whole life insurance product you could buy, and it was the you know other contracts were more restrictive. Okay, fine. You know at, at the end of the day, you can still get money in, there, but you lose a lot of flexibility, right? The and the lack of flexibility. The lack of control around PUA premium payment will limit how much you can do, right? If you have a greater degree of flexibility, a greater degree of authority over your PUA premium payments, be it if it's scheduled or unscheduled or how much you vary it from one year to the next, if you know what your authority is and you have a lot of it, you can afford to go stronger, right you can afford you can challenge yourself you can say i want the authority i want the capacity to pay more premium than i was initially thinking which gives me the ability within a contract to do better than i thought i could have done and it's okay given that i have the authority it's okay if i don't fully exercise all of it and but at least that. i'm buying myself the potential <laughs> i'm getting myself the possibility but if you have something that's more restrictive and doesn't allow for that degree of flexibility that binds you to what you apply for up front okay well now your ability to go stronger to give yourself that additional ceiling that additional potential and possibility is relatively limited and that you know that is what it is but it could just be better It could be from the perspective of the infinite banking concept, infinite, infinite banking concept where we want as much of the infinite possibility available to us as possible. It could
0: have been better. Well, he is becoming his own banker. So that, you know, is a process.
1: Yeah. And I want to stress, too, like at the end of the day, because a lot of this is grieving. Right. I mean, we. Or a grieving i should say a lot of it causes stress and anxiety it's like he's learning about the thing that he already owns that he didn't know when he went to buy it in the first place just six months ago and that's frustrating and i get that and so i in the call had to recognize you know label that acknowledge it be like yeah I know it's not fun to learn about all these new restrictions, you know, to learn that the new car you just bought will only go 60 miles a, in a day or something, you know, to learn about all these new you can things. you only driving for 10 years. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in the 11th year, it drops off a cliff. You know? <laughs> You're gonna have to buy a new one. <laughs> Park that, in your garage. That's. You that we, laugh, we laugh, but it's like, yeah. and that that is disconcerting, but then at the end, of, there's the light at the end of the tunnel, right? You gotta go down to the valley so we can get through the other side. And at the end of the day, <laughs> It can't it can be fixed in the sense of going back and rectifying and making it better than it was at the beginning. But what we can do is lay out a very clear path to manage it so that yep. it works out, and it can be that this contract will be the best that it can be given the nature of its elements. Well, and it'll, and it'll
0: really we you know we talk about, I talk about, you talk about having the contractual right to pay as much premium as possible, and in. in that does not mean buying policy after policy after policy. They should be structured the best that they can be structured from the beginning, but that would be part of the man's foundation. And let me say this, because that particular company comes up quite regular because they illustrate so well. right? But they're all going through product (laughs) pricing changes too. So just, okay. But that doesn't mean they can go back and change things that are already out there. And nor would you want that. And I don't even want to beat the company up, and I'm not going to beat the company up. Um however you did not mention replacing that policy. Correct. And let me say this, Oh that, yeah, correct. No really because <clears throat> look we're 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 trained as consumers by the financial world including the life insurance industry. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the go to go to the agent and get the cheapest price for the death benefit that you can possibly find. And then compete with the, you know, not compete, but go to the local guy, you know, your family member, whomever. And then go to three different people or four different people, professionals, and get illustrations from all of them. Make them compete against each other in this Hunger Games kind of attitude. Um, But then, you know, you continually as a consumer find out that these products, you didn't know what you – They're not quite what you necessarily understood them to be in the beginning, so you feel like you've got a black eye from the insurance industry. It's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. I'm telling you. Now, the agents are also trained in the financial world. All right, you go out there, just put out as many illustrations as you can, and if you if they if they quote unquote. try to compete against you. You know, you talk about they're the big four. This company's smaller. Use your competitive analysis. Absolutely. Right. Um, And for whatever, you know, squeeze the base down to nothing. So the illustrations are really good in the first or second year. This particular company came up this week in my practice Hmm. in our office. And, um, you know, the guy had an illustration and then he goes out and shops it quote unquote shops it like what he's doing He's a consumer, right? To get the best deal possible. So he sends back an illustration unsolicited and I could care less about. Um, And it happened to be from that particular company. But it was a completely different structure. No term, no PUA, but a really high cash value. The product was built Mm. to be uh, in a qualified plan kind of thing. High early cash values, you know, high cash values in the early years. And we're looking at it and it's just like you know, your heart goes out to these people because they don't know what they're looking at. And 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 they, he sent a competitive analysis, a comparative analysis. Every company has them. Every agent is trained to, you know, send the illustration to the home office and see how we can beat it kind of a thing, <laughs> which is by tweaking the numbers to make it have a higher cash value or a higher death benefit in a particular year or whatever the case, whatever's required to get the client, the consumer to say yes, so the agent can get paid and move on, right? I mean, that's the world that we live in in the financial industry. And then, you know, here, this man is reaching out to you three, four months after starting. I don't know how many times I hear that in my office weekly. Oh, James, I just did this, I just did that. And then I found your podcast. We wanna do business with you. And it's, you can't always uh, well, you can improve everybody's situation. I think everybody can improve, but the solution—going back to my point—you did not bring up replacement. It and
1: did I, honestly didn't even occur to me,
0: right? Like, because we didn't even discuss it. It's, not, it's not, not the not. end of the world, right? Right. It's not the end of the world. It's still, a—I believe it's the mutual life insurance companies against the world when it comes to the financial uh, wherewithal for the all-American individual. Okay, I see two that uh well, let me say on this particular company they had a particular product that was you know built for big numbers, and jake, my son he 's like pointing out he 's like dad look at look at the the difference between the guaranteed cash value mm. and the non guaranteed mm. cash value like at the age a hundred or one twenty one or whatever it is um and there was a 30 times difference between the guaranteed and the non-guaranteed, right? And so you tell me, right? And then, and then you have to have, so you tell me what's more likely to occur. The non-guaranteed at, you know, 30,000 compared to the, I mean, the guaranteed cash value at age, whatever, in the future, one hundred thirty thousand compared to the 330,000 in non-guaranteed cash value. You tell me what is most likely to occur, okay? And then you have the, well, we're trying to, the death benefit is not important to me. I could care less about the death. I don't want any death benefit. And these are things that come up over and over once you get past a direct recognition, non-direct PUA, stock, or mutual company. You know, it's like, well, I don't want a death benefit. Let me tell you, look, life insurance doesn't come any other way. You cannot buy life insurance without the death benefit. And then by construct, the cash value must be, equal the face amount at age 121. Now, if that's true, and it is, you tell me, would you want a little death benefit or a large death benefit at age 120? And we know you're not gonna live that long anyway. We know that, but you tell me. I mean, it's really that simple. Now, if I can't get past thinking, if I can't get past next week, if I can't get past next year, you know, you're violating the one of the four fundamentals that Nelson, you know, has preached about before he graduated and even beyond continues to preach. Think long range. Think long term. Think long range. What? Yeah. I'm just saying it's like and then and I want to speak to. When you get into that kind of a situation, not here, but when you're looking at the life insurance illustrations and you're looking for the high cash value, I've said it many times, and this is not direct advice to anyone, but if you're buying numbers on a page, just go look at universal life. It illustrates even better. Yeah, And I've said it many times and I continue to say it because I understand that you might not listen to every you know, 125 hours that are available at no cost to you. It's your own leisure. Um, If a if a company can can squeeze down the base to ten percent, and and you put ninety percent to the PUA, why not go two percent to the base or one percent to the base and ninety nine percent to the PUA? Because you can do that. Don't believe the fact that or the not the fact. Don't believe the commentary that oh the company won't do that. That's a no. The companies will do that. Some of them and they're highly rated companies. So. I mean, if if a little is good, a lot's got to be better, right? Mm. So why don't they do that? I mean, why don't you promote and purchase 99% to the PUA premium? 99% of the premium applied to the PUA and 1% to the base.
1: Yeah. Well, then you'd have to explain the difference. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean to be mean or laugh, but it's like, you know. It's tragic. It's all one size fits all. This office does this structure, that office does that structure, and that's what it
0: is. James, what is this? An 80 20 or 90 10 or 50 50, 60 40? What kind of question is that? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Let's see what it is. That's the best solution for you. Let's, let's figure it out. The, well, the, there's yeah. just
1: no discussion of the trade offs involved between long term cash values and death benefits and short term illiquidity. Right. Yes. The the more of the total premium you're willing to send to the base, the higher your long-term cash values and death benefits will be. And that's going to matter to you t- to some degree, depending upon who you are and how old you are. And it's going to matter less to other people. But that's the trade-off, right? And so it's a, it's a it's an analysis on a case-by-case basis. What are you willing to do? And in fact, like for myself, the... Uh, the policies I own have different structures because mm-hmm. my circumstances were different when I went to apply for the different contracts. Mm-hmm. And so it that's true for everybody. Everybody. Whether you're just starting or you're getting your second or your third or your fourth or your fifth or whatever, or, or you're of a certain age, you're younger, you're older, you're a minor, you're an adult, whatever, all of that has to be taken into consideration to get this, uh, the kind of structure policy that allows you to optimally fulfill the objectives of the infinite banking concept. And so the the one-size-fits-all thing, it's like, I'm bored by it now. I'm just <laughs> bored. You know, and there's, you know, for a, if you get a lot of people who are of a similar age, of similar circumstance, and want to achieve the similar goals, okay, maybe it happens that a lot of those structures are similar to one another. The, the only
0: but, time you can get equal, I mean, you're talking about similar, I'm t- let's go equal, right? The only time you can be equal is if you're twins. Right, I mean, that's the only time that they can be the same, yeah, I mean, they can be similar, there's no question, but to be equal, you've got to be twins, I mean, and why do I say that? Because like when parents buy policies on their children or their grandchildren
1: I was say twins with the exact same medical history, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. true, and most of the time they're very similar, yeah. unless one's smoking and the other's not right, right? right. I mean, um. We all want to be equal. No, we don't. But we all want the equal amount of benefit to our children and grandchildren. (laughs) I mean, we don't want to, I don't know, maybe you have a grandchild that's a black sheep or, you know, there's an outcast or whatever. But from my experience, from my clients, we love our people, we love our children, we love our grandchildren, we want them to do better than we did, we want them to have a greater opportunity than we did, and we want to leave them more than what was left to us, and we would like for them to be as equal as possible. And I'm just saying it's not possible, yeah. unless you're twins. I mean, you can compensate though. Right, right. All right, so
1: I want to compare that experience with that client from Florida.
0: Well, wait, I want to I carry on on the replacement, because you know, maybe you feel like you've made a tragic mistake, you know you've done something, now you know more, or learned more, your circumstances have changed, you want to do something different. That does not mean replacing a policy. So in the big, wide world of choosing whom to work with, whenever replacement comes out of their mouth on a dividend-paying whole life policy, and I know they have the, the uh, third party analysis and the third poly party, you know, spreadsheets that they use to manipulate numbers to try to prove to you that you made a bad decision. Don't buy it, don't listen to it. Don't replace a policy right off the bat because some guy's showing you third party software. Just let me see, let me say that um, replacement is generally not a good idea, and it's not good for the consumer. Yeah, generally. Is there a case? Can a case be made? Yeah, but you need to. Case can be made for anything. I mean, yeah, it, you need to be educated on what you actually have by maybe the people or the company that put it in force for you. Oh. All right, not the guy trying to sell you something new and.
1: I mean, Whole Life is a robust product, you know, and, and it can be more optimally designed or suboptimally designed but at the end of the day a suboptimal design does not imply a fatal flaw and even like the one we've talked about here with all those restrictions, you know, at the end of the day, it's manageable and it's, the results will be better for this individual than they would have had he not got the contract. Can the next policy be better? Can there be more flexibility around the PUA? Can it accommodate more of the premium he wants to pay? Will he be able to pay a PUA for a longer term at his discretion? <laughs> I mean, there's a, a lot of benefits that he'll get, but um, you know, yes, it'll be better. Okay, well, that's improvement. So he improved from no dividend paying whole life policy enforced, no cash value accumulation to some in a, you know, okay contract. And now at the next one, he's gonna do even better. It's like, okay, that's a great trajectory. You know, hopefully we can keep up with the future policies and applications, right? So that it continues to improve. But yeah, replacement in the industry, I I wasn't aware of this before I got in, other people probably aren't, but you know, replacement is like, the 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 danger is churning you know where you're actively going out and telling other people to replace their products like you mean
0: from like so one agent at one company xyz been in business or contracted with them writing business for let's say five years whatever just picking a time period Mm -hmm. you know then he moves to another company and so he goes back to all of those previous clients from the first company and says, "Oh, hey, this is on, a new. This over. is an investment grade now, or this is this, or this mm-hmm. is that," and write some new policies replacing the old ones. That's churning, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe he goes back and says, "You know, now you've got all that capital accumulated. Now it's time to do something different. It's time to buy another policy. Why? Because you have that. we well, you have this all the time, James." My current agent called me up out of the blue and, and you know, two or so years into it, I have a lot of cash value, and they call me up out of the blue Why and say now it's thing. time to buy another policy. Why? Well, because you have all that cash value. Really? Really? Mm. And he, this particular individual, knew right away, he's like, mm, yeah, but maybe not on me, or he just knew it wasn't right for him. Right. So he's already a client. This is an older policy that mm-hmm. we didn't replace. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you say, No, this is this is what it is, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, this is how it fits, and keep it, love it and embrace it, you know? Right. Um, if they're good. If they're not, then case by case basis. Um well just borrow against it. You don't have to replace it per se. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna churn, mm-hmm. but look you have all that cash value, just borrow just against that and on. buy another policy. Which um it's called financing in the industry and laddering. Yeah,
1: (laughs) needless acquisition of additional policies before the time is right. Um,
0: Well, when is the right time? Let's talk about that briefly before you wanna move on to your next topic.
1: When income goes up, expenses go down, or a combination of both such that you got cash piling up in somebody else's bank and you need to expand yours.
0: Or you realize you started too small.
1: So, yeah, that's just
0: naturally it's like, no, this is better than I thought or as good as I thought. It's what I expected. And I need to start because uh, I was thinking too small. Yeah. I mean, that's legitimate. Absolutely.
1: I know those those are fine. Those are legitimate circumstances. It
0: it occurs naturally. Right. It happens naturally. Right. Okay.
1: I don't need to, quote unquote, sell you on it. You know, you just see it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. All right, so that's a, You know, he so he'll become a client. That's you know, it, it worked out. Um, the experience that could have been better in the past is not going to weigh him down. It'll it'll be an overall improvement. Next, <laughs> however, uh, is an individual who also had a negative experience with the same company. By the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, well, now wait a minute. Is it is it the company's fault? And I'm not trying to take no, up more
1: different agents. Okay, different agents. Uh, whereas the first uh, contract had a substantial base, the in this next example here, this person is out of uh, Illinois. Uh, uh, does it matter? Just so that people can... There's a Florida one and there's an Illinois one. Oh, Those are consumer. Two yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the Illinois consumer... I thought you were talking
0: about the agent being out of Illinois.
1: His yeah. policy had virtually no base. I mean, very small base, m- much less. Consequently, a... Uh, a, a very short period of years over which he could pay a high PUA. Uh, this individual, when he acquired this first contract, it was three or four years ago, and he was maybe late 40s, early 50s, uh, successful independent salesperson, relatively speaking, uh, and ha- had a high income. Is he su- relatively so,
0: successful or is he relatively a salesperson?
1: <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair <laughs> distinction. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Seven years of ability to pay a high PUA, same kind of principle as the last one. You know, he's late. Did he go 40s, cash on cash in year two? Something like that, three or four. And he's late forties. You know, seven years is going to go by. He's going to be mid to late fifties. He he's doesn't ever didn't ever think of himself in terms of someone who's going to retire, and so he's going to still be earning money. That policy's going to stop accepting money. And you know, there was already there was red flags, and we ignore the red flags because I'm nice, and it you know it's just uh, just uh, I just you know say okay well that's you you notice certain things that sound weird when they come out and he was in this sense he was he was proud that you know the policy was gonna he was gonna not continue paying premium in the eighth year and it's like to me I'm like well why why not you know if it was good in the first seven what's wrong with the eighth yeah so there was that but it's kind of let that slide this this did not end well right oh this is someone who burned 10, 12 hours of time. Oh. Yeah. And then fled. And the ultimate reason <laughs> for fleeing, <laughs> the ultimate reason for fleeing yeah. is I wouldn't capitulate to his demand to see an illustration mm-hmm. so that he could run the numbers.
0: Why is he even calling you if, if he, you know? I
1: don't know. Says he had said, and I'm sure the email's blocked, so I won't see your email. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. But okay? Oh says that he God. watched all the podcasts. And I've, have I not been clear about this? I do not like illustrations. I don't like them. They are a source of confusion, almost always, because the proper educational foundation has not been laid and throughout the industry, not criticizing anybody, it's just how it is, people do not lay the correct educational foundation in order for the illustration to be a source of clarity. That just doesn't happen. I'm, I'm, I wish it was different, but that's the way it is. And so, no, I don't do what every, what not every, what so many others in the business do, which is, they can't click send on the email with the <laughs> illustration attached fast enough yeah. so that you can go do your analysis. Okay, turns out this individual with that prior policy had the base squeezed down to nothing. There was a term, an annually renewing term writer on it, lo and behold. And he and his wife, fiance, whatever she was, had both had a policy. For hers, same same kind of structure, she gets a letter four years in. Turns out what? the premium associated with your term writer is gonna go up $700 this year. What? And then it's a one-page document, and at the bottom of the page, there's this really, like, I mean, just duplicitous little paragraph <laughs> where, the com- where the company says, you know, when you first purchased this policy and this level of face amount, you know, you did so for a reason. And so you you probably wanna keep that coverage in place. So you should strongly consider Ponying up the money to make up for this difference in premium, but because the financial experience that we actually experienced was different than what we originally illustrated. Oh, uh, the and dividend so, went down. Is that what I'm hearing? And so, hey, hey, surprise, surprise! You're now responsible for making up for that.
0: So that's what I spoke to you earlier. Then that would be a blended PUA with yep. the dividend purchasing. Yep, that's exactly some what or it was. all of the dividend is purchasing. Mm-hmm. Some are all are paying the premium for the. Term yeah, thing. but this individual, <laughs> <Term
1: rudder. laughs> but this individual who didn't catch that uh, the last time he went and shopped an illustration around, now wants one from me because he's going to go do his analysis after we do a in depth. I mean, I my we do I we look at illustrations at the end of my process at the right time once the foundation is laid, we'll go see everything we talked about on paper. Absolutely, and it'll be crystal clear. I take a highlighter and we like. I mean, it's very. Very specific. You don't highlight illustrations. I uh, not to be print not to that I send, but in a presentation to draw attention to specific places. You
0: yes. point out different points in time in the future. Correct,
1: but okay. there's no uh, there's no changes made. There's no material changes made to the illustration. I don't even send the illustration. Right, this is just re, this is just drawing attention to specific elements so that we know what's on the illustration and what the structure of the contract sure. is. What a concept. All right, so we do that and we did that. Over longer than I would normally do. But again, Did he sweet talk you? I was nice about was like, it.
0: Brian, we love you. You know, it's just it's like we're gonna do whatever you tell us to do. Just show us what to do.
1: I have the I have the good fortune <laughs> of working with people who are like who are successful, do well, and they're really competent, financially savvy. And a lot of those So you're
0: implying he wasn't one of them. Well, I'm getting Washington. somewhere, I'm
1: getting somewhere. A lot of them just say, you know, they say, This is what I'm doing, this is my numbers, and it's yeah. like, oh wow, good job. Then there's others who have to remind you mm. multiple <clears throat> times what they do and how, how how well they've done and all the things they've done and oh. you know uh, you might call it peacocking right you got to show flare the feathers look at <coughs> yeah I learned I, did. I learned
0: what peacocking was in a in an email exchange or a text exchange we had earlier yeah, in the about, week about another
1: topic <laughs> all these
0: people bragging about what they do yeah, and yeah. how well they do it I get it yeah. yeah. yeah and
1: so uh, I don't so, have like,
0: any clients like that
1: that's none yeah and he didn't become a <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh so we do all that very thorough I mean very thorough process but then yeah it was you know went on and on about I need to see the illustration I need to see the I need to see the which, and we had we had already seen the illustration and in fact all of the Necessary information about where premium was going, I mean all the appropriate documentation he had or would have had in his application had he ultimately done one and signed one and saved his. So copy. you
0: didn't capitulate he wanted an illustration you didn't capitulate and yeah. this was it somewhere after a long four
1: o'clock in the morning the next day after the illustration review you which know, I mean but at the, at the end of the process just before in time the application in
0: your process you've spent 10 or 12 hours, which I I think, you know, I think, I like to think we make it look easy, right? But there's a lot of work that goes on behind here and I'm not trying to poor mouth and say we're underpaid and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, anybody can pick a, any agent in every home office, right? Because I don't know how many agents can build their own illustrations. I don't know. Unless it's very easy. You know, here I'm going to do a 90-10 90% 90% to the PUA, blended PUA, 10% to the base. Or, and if you do that, I'm just telling you, you should go 1% to the base, 99% to the PUA, or maybe I'm doing a 50-50 or whatever it is, right? And it's all cookie cutting and everybody gets the same structure. Then there's no need to spend any amount of time. There's no need to have a process. Then they just email illustrations out, mm-hmm. so everybody can the purchaser like this individual you're speaking of can do his analysis or his research. And I find quite often, and the more we talk about these things, the more I see corrective measures being made out in the big wide world. And I'm not saying they're always good. They just and some of them just flat out change tactics. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what I see quite often, there are two pages of an illustrations in them. I'm like, well, Mrs. Jones, I appreciate you sending this. Where are the other Where's 27 the pages? Yeah. Oh, they didn't send them to me. Really? wonder why not. Because earlier, those bold printed disclosures or those disclosures that are in the illustration don't have to be talked about. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be discussed. Yeah. Here, we're just buying numbers on a page. Yeah, just look here. Don't look everywhere else. Just yeah, and here. don't ask these complicated questions of, of flexibility or structure and... I had a client I don't want to sidetrack you. I had a client uh, I think it was earlier this week or last week way back in his early discovery he like got some illustrations from one of those type of operators and he told the guy after listening to the Bank of a Life podcast he's like this is too much cash value in the first year. There's something wrong with this. And the guy's like Oh, you can't have too much capital. That, that's just crazy. You can't have too much capital. He's like, meh, but there's something wrong with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can't have too much capital. I wonder where he heard that.
0: I wonder where he uh. heard that. <laughs> I love I love an educated client. I love an educated consumer. You know why? Because it keeps the phones ringing off the wall. Thank mm-hmm. you. So where, I, where I'm going with this,
1: my point with this Illinois person is, you know there are agents who will do what they're told there are agents who if you know someone who has made mistakes with policies in the past who is eager to make them again if they want to go and get an illustration so that they can plug it into their excel sheet and satisfy their curiosity without regard to a lot of the things that we talked about with the florida example there are people out there who will do that and you know it's kind of like you're going to get bypass surgery and you're going to teach the heart surgeon how to do his job well if you want that i'm sure there's doctors in the philippines or nothing against (laughs) the philippines you know i'm sure there's doctors fly by night people who may have may or may or may not have passed their medical exams to get their license i don't know i'm sure you can get that done you know but then there's other uh doctors other heart surgeons uh who will Politely, kindly say well no we're, we're going to do this instead and this and, is why and here's why uh, and and that's if we want to continue with the procedure then that's what we're going to do we're not
0: going to do this yeah. and here's why
1: but if you want to train somebody to do what you and this is the other thing too he kept going on well I'm thinking of getting his license you know I really like your business I really understand oh, your yeah. model sure you do <laughs> okay and
0: oh my gosh and,
1: so if you if you want that, you can go get it, right? But it's not here, it's not with me. And I'm kind of over, you know, this has happened a lot in my life, like in mock trial in high school, it's like I didn't understand like why certain, there was a, there was a way that people were presenting arguments and it was very just scripted and unappealing and it was like they were reading for, I do not like that, so I did my own thing. A very improvisational and very successful, but that was weird. People didn't like me for it. You know, it's like, really? oh yeah, and then too much individuality for them. Uh, I mean, well, and then forcefulness. I mean, I'm kind of charismatic. You know, it's, it comes off passionate, and it is. And it, you know, that's like it that could be intimidating. Makes it makes people go, oh, okay. you know. So there was that, and then
0: uh, then you're tall. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, then in college, so, both both undergrad and postgrad in economics, you know, you start to discover that everything that passes for economics in conventional American higher education is crap. Uh, I mean, 98% Wow, that's a broad stroke
0: there, Mr. Griggs.
1: It's a, there's a lot of canvas to cover. So, <laughs> you know, you know th- there's, oh, you know, and man. then I develop an understanding of Austrian economics that I became very passionate and knowledgeable about. and But even within those circles... There's
0: some there's some really good stories behind that yeah. thing we're not talking about. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: I> mean, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, so... And so that was, you know, I started to, you know, bump elbows with people and get, and then come to find out that wasn't a good fit either. And then here I am now in finance and getting deeper and deeper into infinite banking, dividend paying whole life, becoming your own banker and starting to see the way that the rest of the, not starting now, by now, it's fully aware of the way the rest of the, the industry, not the rest, but a lot of the rest of the industry works. And, you know, I'm over it. I'm over the apologizing. I'm over feeling bad about it. It's like, no, no. And if I have to not say names or if I have to not name companies or whatever to avoid the complaints, to avoid the whining, well, then so be it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about specific individuals or ideas or, hey, I mean, hey. about individuals or companies or any of that. It's about whether or not what we do is optimal for the purposes of the infinite banking concept in order to do what Nelson taught. That's it. For if, you, the individual. Yeah, and if that yeah. irritates people, then, you know, I, I, I guess I'm irritating the right folks. Well, it'll be the first time in your lifetime
0: that you started irritating people, right? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you think, <laughs> think I'd get the, get the picture here. Yeah. Had some practice.
0: You know, you get over, my, my tolerance and my pain, and I, I really think I'm a patient guy. Uh, it depends on who you talk to I get it I'm one of the nicest guys I know I tell my wife that often and she repeats it often (laughs) You have to to (laughs) work it into the memory (laughs) Um, my tolerance level gets low and my patience gets low whenever the same things keep reoccurring over and over when there is so much information out there that's available at no charge specifically on this channel Banking I cannot speak and I do not speak for any other organizations. I don't speak for any life insurance companies. I'm affiliated with, I support, and I'm a member of many organizations. I do not speak for any of them. I speak for myself, James Nethery. Okay. Just a disclosure. Um, It gets trying whenever you see, when you discover from an agent's perspective, how the insurance industry operates, how the financial world operates, how they have trained the consumer to think and to purchase. And I'm not saying it's all bad. I am just saying that the way they train consumers to shop the way they train agents to promote and sell their products, um, it gets old. It gets trying, causes the patients to go down. And, and since we're talking about things of the experiences of the week,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we have, you mentioned like eight or nine or 11 hours, a lot of time you invest yeah. with your prospective clients. And it's the
1: time, but it's also like the energy you know, because I go that. How you see me here? I mean, that's how I am on the phone. I mean, it's, sure. and that's exhausting. I'm I more, like it. It's great, but it's I'm exhausting. More,
0: I'm more robust when I speak to my clients one on one. I'm more passionate. Yeah, uh, it turns <laughs> up even further. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had a. We, my point is, we do the same. There's a lot of time, effort, and energy that's put into. Um, a client in the, yeah. in the perspective relationship or the perspective client that relationship that you're building and when there's so much information out in the big wide world at no cost that you can access on your own time the books that you can read becoming your own banker building your warehouse of wealth his future book my future book not, not to throw a carrot out there that's to, to be encouraging um, the video uh, there's over 100 hours of video on this channel alone you can you can educate yourself. I'm So I'm, whenever you spend 8, 9, 10, or 11 hours um, helping, in, engaging, educating, clarifying, encouraging a prospective client, and then they're stuck on, send me an illustration. Like the illustration wow. is going to show something that you should make a decision on. It is not. We've said it. As soon as a print is pushed, the print button is pushed on the illustration, it's wrong. It's a future projection based on current financial experience of the company and the current illustrated premium, all of which is subject to change. And then if it, your ability to pay a premium is subject to change, exactly what Mr. Griggs has spoke to earlier, the flexibility of a PUA matters. And yep, you can argue that you get lost in the weeds all you want. I've heard... People say, well, you know, you go online and, you know, there's just a, a, a slight difference in opinion on products. There's a, a a couple of degrees different in what you say or what they say or what they say. Oh, it's pretty uh, much
1: no. the same. <laughs> I've heard that so much. So You guys all kind of do the same thing. Yeah, you're the same thing. Yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like saying, oh, the physician, you're all the same. You know, no, it's like, oh, the lawyers are, the attorneys are all the same. CPAs are all the same. Okay. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with an individual, going through an illustration review. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I'm not a technological giant. You know, you go to meetings, Zoom all the time. And about the time I get comfortable and learn how to use them, they change, Yep. right? <clears throat> but I have, illust- I mean, I have illustration ninjas, but also I have IT ninjas. But my bottom line is here, you know, I'm logging into this thing. Husband and a wife on there. And he says, oh, James, you're a great salesman. And I'm just like, well, I, mm. I, I appreciate that. I'm also, I think, I'm a great father, a great husband, a great son, a great uncle, and a great friend, and a great mentor, and a, you know. Um, and it didn't really set with me, you know. I mean, I just heard it, and then we're going through this, and I'm asking them questions. I'm like, does that make sense here? Do you see that? And it's like dead silence. Like it was a manipulative type question that I'm asking them, mm. and it's dead silence. And then it got my attention. I'm like, oh, well, just answer the question. You know, it's like, oh, I get your point. Do you? You know, then it winds up, <clears throat> you know, and I'm already way off into it. After a couple of things, comments like that, I'm looking at my clock, I'm my watch, I'm over it. You know, I got to go. And uh, they say, well, you know, tell me what's wrong with ninety ten. Tell me what's wrong with you know, universal. Tell me what's wrong with this company or that company, and um. And then, and then there are a couple of other things and I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know? And then we want to, hey, can you send me the illustrations? It's like, nope, absolutely not. You're not even ready to make a legitimate, bona fide decision mm-hmm. based on the questions and not just 90-10 or universal life. It's just like, was this time, this eight to 11 hours? And then they generally, they, most people say, that You know, I've done my research or I've watched or I've listened to this, this, this and this. I just need some clarity. Can you help bring clarity to this or that? You know, because I'm all in. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I think that that's legitimate and it's true. But then the noise is relentless. Mm-hmm. It's relentless and you can't get it off of you.
1: Yeah. So. And that um, is the other side. You know there's lots of people who go about it the wrong way, but there are a significant amount of people who go about it the correct way, the majority, and and it's you don't have to have it all worked out. No one expects you to be a master of life insurance, right? It's you know I, excited about what Nelson talked about, excited about what's in his book, excited about what you've seen online at the, with this podcast. Have a few questions that maybe don't make sense, or you need to hear in certain terms to for it to integrate with what you understand already. But the motivation is there, the authenticity is there, and and though that just works out great, you know it. it you get the kind of product for the appropriate you know with the appropriate structure for your circumstances as we as we talked about with the florida person and
0: uh, And then it's a beautiful thing then uh, as you as you continue to um converse and talk and engage with your clients you learn things and you know oh my gosh (laughs) it's a beautiful thing i mean i can't I don't wanna speak for you. I mean, I'm sure it's the same. I mean, the smartest people in the world are our clients. Mm-hmm. My clients, I'm like creative, thought I was smart and I thought I was creative. It's like, oh my gosh, what a pleasure yeah. you know to, to work with. And it's like-minded people, free contract with free people. What, no one spends enough time on that. Right. Free contract. With free people that are like-minded, who else do you want to do business with?
1: Common interests, yeah. common financial values.
0: All right, what else? I mean, you got three Those pages worth of two. notes. We didn't go through all of them, did
1: um, we? I think the only one. Check my other, my phone here. Three um, pages
0: on paper, three pages on the phone. Yeah. It's, all, it's you know, okay. The it's
1: hour-long cool. drive down here affords me some time to think about this stuff a little <laughs> We little bit.
0: appreciate your efforts <laughs> in getting up early and showing up after staying out late last night. Uh,
1: so there's a website redesign. I didn't say up late last night. There's a website redesign <laughs> coming for me. Uh, uh, so Strategies.com. That's going to look different going forward, but still the well, same URL. Let's mural. just merch
0: it up, man. Just, you know. And,
1: yeah, that's not my spot in the division of labor, so. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's going to be video. You're like, going
0: to hire this web. Redesign done
1: Yep it's, uh, The process has started It takes some time But uh, there will be uh, We've talked about it before But there will be This year Before my birthday Coming up this summer That there A uh, place for When's
0: your birthday When do they to, send gifts
1: For clients to log in And to see uh, Videos that I'll just do That'll be more Shorter than What we do here But more systematic And direct And um, And And uh, I to mean, experiment with a lot of stuff. Like I've got a one of those digital whiteboard things and incorporate some drawing or whatever. And so that's coming, that's gonna be available. There's gonna be a whole uh, client services center where it makes one stop shop to like request calls and service and you know, any sort of changes that you wanna make, it's all gonna be there. So that's all coming this year. I'm pretty excited.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, if you're my client, we already have a client only access. It's gone live, I've talked about it. If you, but we're still in the beta test, so if you wanna be in that beta test, shoot us an email adding to it. I think you can't get that done fast enough. Yeah. People talk about um, all kinds of things in the big wide world, but to have a resource, a source that you can go to on your own time, on, your, in, in your, on whenever mm-hmm. it is you want to learn and how you like to learn, I mean, you can't get that done quick enough.
1: Yeah, the, the, my, the Florida guy I mentioned too. He's like, once I found you guys' podcast, like you guys put way more educational material out there than anybody else, and that's true. Uh, so the goal is to really pour it on. I mean, my own personal objective, professional objective, is to set the standard. Like this should be leading class. I Think we're already well on the on that path, but.
0: No, I agree, it, but what there's things that we don't talk about publicly on purpose that we can talk about in the client-only access. Right. Yeah. You know, so. it's
1: complimentary for, I mean, it's not like I'm going around trying to charge anybody for anything, but um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, yeah, it'll be complimentary for people. Not just sign up, click here, sign up. No, it's like after we talk and we're on the same page, <laughs> then, then there's going to be access granted and certainly all current clients get access. And
0: all right, So, bit shoot, rumble. And I don't know of the other platforms that are out there. Rumble? What the hell is that? <clears throat> well, it's like similar to YouTube if they don't de platform you for speaking the truth. Hmm. That's all Let's I know. Go.
1: I don't know if the algorithms are intelligent enough to understand what we talk about. So I think <laughs> I think we might be at the back of the uh deplatforming line, but uh it's I, I, I do agree it's good to
0: Well yeah, I don't think they would presence. deplatform, you know, us per se, but Some of the guests that I've had on, yeah, they'll de-platform them in a heartbeat. Hmm. No question. But maybe not, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the cancel culture is gonna change. Everybody's gonna wake up tomorrow and see that diversity, true diversity, really is embraceable and good and, you know, that uh, the truth is worth listening to or the opposing view is worth listening to. I will
1: hold my breath for that.
0: I'm just being positive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right what else what else is that it I'm done man I had fun I hope you did too hope that was helpful got something from that little comparison that little case study
0: yeah I, I think it was very helpful you should probably listen to this more than once all right thanks for listening Hi, day. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the banking with life podcast If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.